guys, hello and welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser. It's time for a Mojo Injection. Episode 84, guys. I am buzzing. I've got so many exciting plans and it's so good to have you back. You may notice that I am now also on the Wellbeing Radio, which is massive. It's the next big, big thing. And I'm thrilled to be working with Scott, the founder. It's his baby. It's his vision. But it turns out it was also my vision too. And we didn't know and he called me and... I didn't know it was him and we'd met and he's he's asked me to be involved and he's he's given me, well, title-wise, we don't want it to be too corporate, but we're playing around with uh, well-being visionary. What do you think of that? Um, so we're going to be doing loads together. We'll be going down to London to meet some people there. It's going global. What's well, already gone global, America and uh, Canada. So I've got a Mojo in the Morning shot, um, show on that. Um I will be restreaming some of these as well, just to reuse this amazing content because I've got such great people on. But I'm going to be doing so many different topics, so you can just come anytime and you know have we have we listened to what we're talking about? It's all about Mojo. I called it the Mojo Den. Uh, the one at 7.30 a.m. tomorrow morning is the Mojo Den and we get deep. I mean, exploring love and what love really means and my, my thoughts on love have changed a lot over the past few years and... I've been exploring lots of stuff um, and I'm just really enjoying creating at the moment. The dopamine levels are quite high because there's a lot going on, so I'm really excited. But I know that if I don't start sleeping a bit more, the anxiety is going to flare up. So what I'm doing is a kind of toolkit for the pick and mix that suits me is the oxytocin hits, long hugs, nice baths, chats with friends and family that lift me up and make me feel good. Watching trash on telly where you don't have to think too much. Yeah, I've been thinking too much. Um, so watching, you know, what my friend Elliot would call chewing gum for the brain. <laughs> watching a rom-com, that just makes me feel good. I, I can I can fantasise that I'm going to find that prince one day, even though I said in my book, the one is you and a prince doesn't exist. Well, maybe there's a king. I'm getting quite optimistic now, aren't I? Um... No, I'm just, uh, I'm feeling like there's a lot of energy in 2020. Everyone's that I've been chatting to is just so buzzing. And I feel like with the well-being radio and our vision there, it's always been to just take away the negativity. So I'm thrilled. Get over to it, guys. Um, thank you for being here. We're going to jump in. And I've got the incredible Shirley Sharp. Shirley has built up an incredible reputation across Edinburgh and Scotland for healing people with various types of therapy, rapid eye movement. I mean, she can do pretty much everything. She's got a massive toolkit. She does like Reiki and head massage and she like nice sort of relaxing treatments, but she can do proper, proper stuff. And, and what I want to say is, um, you don't have to worry, guys. You don't have to go back to dark places because that's what I get asked a lot. Oh, I'm scared of what's going to come up. Shirley's on it. She's a wizard. She's brilliant. She won't take you back there if you don't want, but she'll be able to help you and give you tools in place. And she's offering a discount for you. Who doesn't like a discount? Guys, one of the things I really wanted to do was to smash the stigma of therapy because people in our lives are often in therapy for the ones that don't go to therapy. We all need therapy. And maybe that just means having a friend to talk to you know i've attracted sounding like i'm going all law of attraction on you um i feel like i've got some incredible people in my life at the moment and i'm just so thankful for that i'm absolutely buzzing um and i'm getting such great advice and energy um so that's probably helping to elevate but um so shirley's going to do 15 percent off for any treatments booked quoting the podcast the mojo injection or jojo freezer let's say till the end of february 
She says, I'm also pretty wonderful. Wow, I love you too, Shirley. In fact, I'm going to recommend you to everyone because I've heard so many great reviews and I've been with you as well with your healing hands and we've chatted and you've you've got me thinking and you've stirred things up and you're just wonderful. I'm also nominating you for award because you're brilliant and I will just be sending you that, what I'm saying about you. But it's, you know, I'm gushy. I'm gushy. And she does kinetic chain release as well. Um, hypnotherapy, it's KCR, Reiki, everything guys. You're going to get so much from this episode so I think we should jump in but first a massive shout out to our sponsor this week. Guys, I want to give a massive, massive shout out to our supporters at Calmon Canning Street. Katie was on the podcast that will be launching soon. The conversation was amazing. She is amazing. Her team are amazing. The yoga is amazing. I've been really busy helping with the Wellbeing Radio and getting that launched. So I didn't get to yoga last week and I really missed it. But I was so tired that I had to change my class because I was just thinking, I'm going to fall asleep at the wheel. I just need to go to bed. And sometimes that's self-care. But if I can get to those yoga classes, I'm so happy. They're all amazing and they're all special in their own unique way. So I just want to do a massive thank you to the guys at Camon Cannon Street for being so awesome, for supporting us, for being there with us every step of the way. And when people support us, we work together, we collaborate and we support oh, five million times back. We are here for you. We love you, Camon Cannon Street. Let's jump in. Shirley, welcome, welcome to the Mojo Injection. <laughs> so glad to be here. <laughs> it's lovely. I feel really calm and grounded. So, um, thank you for that. <laughs> so, you have helped so many people, and I certainly recommend you because we all have issues, right? And something that I'm so, so, so passionate about is breaking down the stigma of kind of therapy or, or getting help. To me, it's just, it's not, I mean, why yeah. shouldn't we? We all have a mind, we all have stories and labels, we've all had some kind of trauma or drama. We all have an ego, we have anger, um, and I think everyone could do some form of therapy. I would love us all just to, and a lot of people are in therapy, it's a famous quote, due to people in their lives who won't go to therapy. So, <laughs> so true. <laughs> I'm always looking for talented people like yourself who really care um, and you want to make a difference. Yeah. So well done, first of all, and all the Thank work you. and the people you're helping. Because our mental well-being is actually at the heart of the nation. It's at the heart of everything. Yeah. Um, issues in work, issues at home, um, family politics. <laughs> um, and as we're recording, we're sort of coming up to Christmas time. Um, and that's when, you know, tension. I, I know, and I do this every year, I write about marriage at Christmas. And I feel like it can be quite a trigger for a lot mm -hmm. of people. So, yeah, I'll be sending people your way. So, so talk to me. What... I guess you'll see people with so many different issues. Does it always come back to sort of because it impacts everything like relationships? What do you do? You see a lot of different things, or oh, completely, um, huge, huge differences across every area, every age group. Um, I always say people aren't born with fears, phobias, anxiety, stress, depression. They're learned behaviours. Mm -hmm. So if they're learned, they can be unlearned. Good, good and, to know. <laughs> and sometimes people don't even know. People just maybe don't feel right. They're just not in a good place and they don't always understand why. Yeah. Um, 
and it's so difficult to be brave and, and come out and say, like, actually, do you know something? I, I need a wee bit of help. Mm -hmm. And that bit of help can be just actually going to somebody, to a safe place, mm -hmm. where you can just basically talk it all out. Just give somebody all that information who's not emotionally involved, who mm -hmm. won't judge you, who mm -hmm. can just give a, a, you know, a supportive ear mm -hmm. and then tell you you're normal because the truth is, I think that the people, anybody who is, um, you know, sailed through life or says or thinks they've sailed through life with no issues around their mental health at all, they're actually the minority. Every single person has had um, issues around their mental health and it's just because of the stigma of the word. Mm -hmm. Physical health, not a problem, go to the doctor. Mental health, better not talk about it. Yeah. Every single person, I've never met anybody that's not come you know, that's not had thoughts around, you know, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? Where am I? Being depressed, felt like they're wavering on the brink of, I can't go on with this, I can't do that. Uh, struggled with confidence, struggled with self-belief. Mm -hmm. There's always something, that's all mental health. That's all just your mental health well-being yeah. and your thought process. So I, I absolutely love it. I love the variety of things that um, I see. And I love being able to say to somebody, do you know what, you're normal. Yeah. You're not, you're actually in the normal category. Mm -hmm. There is, most people feel this way or somebody's felt this way. Yeah. People feel like this on a regular basis. So you think, so why is it that keeps people from coming then? Is it that ego that we have? We don't want to let people down or perhaps is it the fear of what, what could come up? Oh, loads of different things. Um, there's absolutely the fear of what could come up tackling something that you've maybe hidden for years some people actually they'll come with this problem and when you start to peel the onion mm -hmm. it's something completely different yeah and they it's not intentional they've just been protected their unconscious been protecting them for years they might have buried something um or they're just never had an opportunity to talk about it. They were brought up in an environment where you didn't talk about things. Mm -hmm. um, you can't admit to something. There's a myriad of different reasons why people don't want to address things. There's also the... Some people suffer with things for so long, it's their identity. Yeah. And if they give that up, who will they be? Mm -hmm. And that's scary. I've had people who are suffering great pain and they're holding stuff in here. And I'm talking to them about moving this out, and they're then, but but then what 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 will be what will be in there? What will happen? And it's the fear of the unknown because mm. they've lived with something for such a long time. It's letting it go is even scarier than actually moving forward. Yeah, and it was interesting what we've spoken about in the past about how our body, you know, it can signal to us. So you were saying if someone has back pain, it can mean that they're just carrying so much on their shoulders. You know, we carry people's problems and we all have like mood hoovers in our life we can all okay. be a mood hoover what did you call it energy thieves energy thieves i love yes. that you know and I, I know like there's times like people say to me all oh, positive energy jojo but there'll be times that i can be an energy oh, thief totally. and i'm just like oh but then there are these people that are like that all the time yeah. what's that all about how do we we need to love the energy thieves as well because they need love but we need to sort of protect ourselves you need to protect yourself yeah you know the people because there's people you go and speak to and you come away from them feeling energized and just like oh yeah and there's other people you can come in like this and you leave like that yeah. um they are not intentionally zapping you they just don't always realize that um you know it's the or the what ifs and the um, worrying about everything all the time and just 
negative. <laughs> um, they don't, they won't intentionally be, be doing that. But you know yourself, there's people you go to, you feel energised with, spend more time with them. Um, protect yourself, yeah. Uh, I always imagine that I've got a big bubble around about a clear bubble with beautiful white light around the edges of it where all the good stuff can still get in but all the bad stuff can just bounce off and it doesn't always work but I've got a few really negative people in my life where I use humour mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. not laughing at them but yeah. turning their situation into something that you know what if it was this way that it was funny yeah. because if you can get a smile uh -huh. um, a real smile will release happy hormones. Your brain will think you're smiling. It'll, it'll release happy hormones. And it can start to lift somebody's spirit a wee bit. Yeah. But protect yourself because it's very easy that you so want to help them. You're giving them. And you come away and you feel rubbish. Mm. They might feel a wee bit better for a wee while, but their negativity will take over. And you'll just feel like... Oh, so with you doing like the Reiki and everything, how do you protect your energy so that you don't absorb people that are coming to you for help? I basically put the, the big bubble so around. that, that yeah. bubble is your That's you my do protection. That yeah. you. Or I imagine an invisible cloak like um, in Harry Potter. Ah, amazing. <laughs> big cloak around me to protect me from energy. Do you know, um, you, sometimes that's people don't understand that. You can start at one end of a high street and walk along and by the time you get to the other end you just feel drained and it's because you're giving your energy away to people yeah oh even along. when you're just walking if along if you are quite an empathetic person as i am yeah. and you are mm -hmm. then you can be given it away without knowing yep and people will take it they don't even understand it uh -huh. do you know that um you know you can walk into a room full of people and mm -hmm. there's sometimes you just you stay away from certain people not because you don't like them but you just think mm, I'll avoid that uh -huh. your energy introduces you before you do mm -hmm. and if you are happy and um, quite content and you're feeling okay your energy will probably be quite close your energy field will be here and people will come up because they'll be warm they'll be drawn to you they'll be you know they'll want to come close to you some um, are but then some I sometimes sense they don't like that positivity oh yeah absolutely you get them but people who are People who are feeling negative or unhappy or just their energy field might be way out there. Mm -hmm. So you actually, um, you unwittingly, you, you'll sense it and you'll, you'll stay away from them. Okay. And funny thing, if you get yourself a, a wee pair of divining rods, you know, like they used to use in the Wild West to find water, you can get them on Amazon for pennies. If you get a pair of divining rod, rods and you walk towards somebody, they will move when they hit their energy field. I promise you, I've done it, it's good fun. No way. You will move when you get to the energy field. So if you are happy and you're quite close, they probably get quite close to you before they'll move. But you can tell where somebody's energy field starts because they'll move when you go towards them. You should try it, it's a bit fun. Oh. Get the so, kids to do it. So so how does it sort of, like, can it go to different levels or how does yeah, it work? totally. Well, everybody's different, so uh -huh. everybody's energy field will be different. The further out your energy field is, the less you want people in right. contact and you may not realize you're doing that uh -huh. you know some people say I, I want to be more friends with i want to meet meet more people have more friends mm -hmm. but inside they're like i'm nervous or i'm scared or whatever that's the energy mm -hmm. that will come out so although they might think they want to meet people and they want to be friendly if they're not feeling that truly inside then their energy will be keeping people back Ah. so that's it's it's just it's a bit of fun i do it in workshops and stuff how do we so someone wants to make more friends but yeah. the energy is giving off the opposite 
how do we break through those barriers and get to what we really want? It's really being honest about what's inside. So even just talking to somebody about that and breaking down some of the barriers, Mm -hmm. because it's what I said, they might think they want to meet more people, but inside, what are they really feeling? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, nervous, scared, didn't have the confidence to talk to people, mm-hmm. um, worried about what that might mean, what what they might have to give a part of themselves. Uh-huh. So a lot of the therapies that I do with the NLP and I movement therapy and stuff, it can help you change how you look at things. Okay. It's not changing your experience or robbing your memories. It can just change how you look at things or how you feel about things. Okay. Uh, for example, there's loads of people with fears, uh, particularly flying and spiders. I have a bit of flying and uh, not so much spiders, dogs. A and bit. dogs, yeah. And my stomach. Actually, if I'm running and yeah. um, a dog I don't know runs towards me, my stomach. I'm yeah. fine with dogs that I know won't bite, but the press and childhood experiences. Yeah. Totally. And different fears come from different things. Um, If you have a bad experience as a child, it can have a huge impact on you, especially with something like a dog. But even as adults, if we have a bad experience, I've had a lot of people um, coming to me with flying, used to be fine flying, and then they've been in a flight where there's bad turbulence. Scary. And that's it. Scary. Yeah. So then, but a lot of the stuff that we can do is softening that experience because... Everything you experience in life, you process and you file in your memory storage system, whatever that is. Yours will be unique, as is mine. If you experience something scary, dark, black, yuck, horrible, you don't always process it. So it kind of stays out here like in a wee cloud. And that's what keeps prodding at you and poking at you and making you upset and scared and angry and crying. If you don't process things. If you don't process it. So eye movement therapy is a fantastic way of processing this and filing it in your storage system so that it becomes that memory as opposed to that memory where is it if you don't process it it can be just hanging about out here and that's the thing that keeps it's always in front of you i think of it like a wee cloud so it's just sort of like a cloud that you've not popped it's not yeah it's not processed so it's still in the forefront of your memory so when you think about flying the the turbulence it comes back and it's you know um i i worked with a girl years ago who when she came in, she was terrified of flying, and she said, since I've had my children, since I've had my children, that that was why, because now she's thinking, who'll look after them if anything happens to me when I'm flying? Um, so we worked on that basis, and we absolutely helped um, calm that down, and she got in touch with me um, a couple of months later and said, I'm definitely feeling much better about it all, but it's still not quite away yet, and I'm actually flying. She was going to, um, it was Ireland, to a friend's birthday. It was mm-hmm. to celebrate a friend's birthday. And um, she said, I'm actually going next Thursday night. Could I come and see you in the morning when I fly? I said, absolutely, come in the morning. So she came to see me the following Thursday morning and it just happened to be the windiest day ever. Oh, no. The trees were in half. They were all, it was howling a gale. And so obviously by the time she came in in the morning, she was in a state, she, she was flying that night. And she, she was, she was, she was hyperventilating. Oh, God, oh, God. I can't do this, I can't do this. She's right, okay, so calm down. But because she was in the moment, she says to me, it's 9-11. That's, it, it, it's the planes going into the towers. That's where it came from. It's not my kids. It's That's what it is. You know, she but just can't she, get that image out She couldn't get it out of So we moved that. We changed that picture. There's okay. loads of tools and tricks and techniques you can use with NLP. We changed the picture. We did some eye movement therapy. We um, changed her experience of thinking about it. Mm-hmm. And um, she flew that night. Mm-hmm. She phoned me for the airport to say, Shirley, I'm absolutely happy. I'm flying. But her friend who was going with her, mm-hmm. she'd phoned her and said, I can't go. It's too windy. So a few weeks later, she came to see me as well. Oh, my goodness. 
So the eye thing is, because uh, it doesn't take very, very long, does it? It can be really effective and really fast. Uh-huh. It was developed for soldiers um, coming back from war. It's really effective at helping with PTSD. Uh-huh. Um, <clears throat> I've worked with a lot of different people. I, I worked with a young um, guy a couple of years ago who was badly beaten um, and suffers terrible anxiety. doesn't want to go anywhere. He actually only goes to this wee job club, which is where I, I, I met him. And um, he... He came to me for a wee Indian head massage as I do some work with um, with the council with some areas where he, it's it's easy to come in for a wee Indian head massage because you don't have to fix. Um, you don't have to talk about what you fix. But he, when he was in, he actually says to me, can you feel the scars on my head? And I said, I can't, pal. What, what is that? So he told me about it. Mm. So I said, because he was getting under head massage and he was relaxed and he was chatting to me and he realised it was okay. Yeah. You know, it was safe. I says to him, look, do you want to do a few wee bits and pieces with me to try and help with that? Because he says, I can't sleep. I've got terrible nightmares. I've not slept for years and well and up. So it affects me during the day and, you know, I'm I'm scared about where I'll go in the future and stuff. So afterwards, we did, I did a few NLP things with him and we did some eye movement therapy. And he said, oh, my head's bursting. bursting. I don't, you know, what have you done to me? But the following week, I was back there and I was getting out of the car and he was outside and he come running over. Um, to say, surely, surely, I've not had any nightmares since I've seen you. Wow. That, uh, that just makes my heart sing. That makes everything worthwhile. Yeah, that, and it's and amazing to know that you can go and have something like that because people are, an excuse I hear a lot is, you know, people will say to me, oh, can you recommend anyone or can we have a wee chat to get some positive vibes? I'm like, well, what are you? What else are you going to do though? And then it's like, well, I don't have time for therapy or oh, I don't need that or Actually, no, it doesn't have to take up a lot of time. And is no. your well-being not worth it? You know? Totally. Well, with straightforward stuff, like, I say straightforward, but fears and phobias. I know it's not straightforward for the person, but nine times out of ten, one session. Oh. One session, couple of hours. Um, and the testimonials on my website are evidence of that. Mm. There's loads of uh, fears, phobias, flying, spiders, driving, um, and one session is normally all that it takes it can make a huge difference because people say to me how many sessions will xyz take and the truth is it depends on you yeah um because i'm not suggesting that deeper embedded stuff you know childhood trauma stuff that's happened um it all depends on you Mm -hmm. Uh, what i can tell you is that i've never had anybody where one session hasn't made a difference yeah it makes it starts the road to recovery. It starts the road to change. Um, some things will take longer, but that all depends on you. And the beauty is, a lot of the stuff that I do can be content free because some people don't want to talk about stuff. Okay. I just need a few details. If they can tell me where they feel it, rate it out of ten. How do they know where they feel it? Well, a lot of the time you'll feel you have a feeling in your body. Right. Um, some people don't, but some people do. A lot of times, like if you're worried, they maybe have a churning in their stomach, oh. or it might feel like it's caught here, or it might be in their head. Right. So, um, if they can tell me if there's something in their body, mm-hmm. then they can tell me where that is. That's good. If they can rate it out of ten, and they can just give me a word for it. Say it's like anger, mm-hmm. uh, sorrow, mm-hmm. grief, guilt, whatever. Rather than tell me the detail. Mm-hmm. We can work with that and we can start to move things along with that. Yeah. So that just even gives people some confidence sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Because I completely understand that people don't always want to talk about it. But there is ways of getting around that as well because you can talk about it from a place of safety. 
Yeah. There's a lot of stuff that we can do to say you're not there. Uh-huh. You can be looking at it, you know, from the other side of glass so that you're not there. There's ways of getting around it. But it, again, that depends on the person. Yeah. And how else they want to peel that onion back. Totally. Because what I say to people is we will not do anything at all that you don't want to that you're uncomfortable with and we won't talk about anything you don't want to talk about because people invariably when people come in to say they are a bit nervous don't know what I'm going to do and I saw I say to them just go in and take all your clothes off I've been in 10 minutes and the panic and I was like well I'm joking <laughs> I realise nothing can be as bad as that <laughs> so it's safe yeah, um, it's just if I see somebody's really nervous it just kind of wipes the sleep for them because yeah. that's such a shock to the system yeah. it's like Right, okay, nothing can be as bad as that, so I'm, I'm okay now, I can chill. You might get people taking up on it. <laughs> oh no, I've not had any, I've not had any of that It's a pleasant surprise. Um, I, I mean, how much of us, surely we all have some kind of trauma or sort of pain from childhood. Do you, have you I mean, do you think someone has a, a pain-free childhood? <sighs> Probably hardly unlikely, especially like our age groups. Um, you know, there wasn't the same money or, or opportunities around as well. So, mm-hmm. um, I think everybody's different. Everybody's unique. What you might think is painful, I might not. Exactly. You know, like um, people, uh, people see things how they are, mm-hmm. not how things are. Yeah. So you know, you could look at a situation mm-hmm. and have a completely different viewpoint of it from me. Mm-hmm. So. You, how you see things is based on your experiences. You're a product of everything you've experienced growing up. Mm-hmm. You know, so from um, your moral standards, your integrity, what's important to you, how you feel about how you cope with things, your pain thresholds. You know, um, if I've worked with a load of people who've come who have fears and phobias that have been passed down. You know, mum was terrified of spiders, so therefore they're terrified of spiders or, or scared of wasps. And I've actually had, you know, mums come and say, I need to fix this because I see my daughter picking up in it now. Yeah, triggers and a I don't, lot. Yeah, and my daughter and my son. So um, if they see you, because you're you're their hero, you're mm. their role model. So they, if mum's scared or if mum's laid back about something, it's okay. It's like, um, I remember growing up thinking, I was never really worried about something unless my dad was. If my dad was worried about something, oh, it's bad then, you know. Mm-hmm. But if they're your strength and your your hope and your, your hero, then. Yeah. I'm not belittling either the fact that not everybody has the benefit of having, you know, having a a, a safe yeah. environment to grow up in and, and stuff. And um, certainly the first seven years are absolutely crucial for shaping how you feel about certain things and do you think it's the first seven seven is a, a huge imprint you take everything on board oh my, yeah. the damage is done then well charlie's five just five, <laughs> so i've got a couple of years to try and yeah, you can turn things around yet but even 7 to 14 is still a hugely impressionable era but it's oh. just between 7 to 14 they are starting to make up their own mind and their own choices oh. up till age seven a lot of it's just taken right on board to just oh. take it on but then between seven and 14 they are starting to make their own choices and their own decisions about stuff as well. There's still hope for you. There's still hope for you. Okay. <laughs> Charlie had a report and apparently he's got impeccable manners at five. And I was like, who's that from? Is that from there? Just getting the credit for that It's maybe way back in the, you know, the, the <laughs> grandparents. I'm taking on all the positives. But yeah, you do think, because I, I mean, relationships, something I've written about a lot and really deeply in my first book and even probably deeper in the next one. Um, 
And one of the things that comes up a lot is money, like, or, you know, some, like for me, I'm quite, uh, I don't overthink things. Oh yeah, I'll just sort of never save for a rainy day. Whereas my husband's very different and he's a saver and the sensible, more analytical one. Yeah. And I'm more of a kind of free spirit in ways, not too free, but you know, and um, they say opposites attract, but I think sometimes when you're raising kids and just say you've both got a different view to something like money or the way you handle things, like some people like leaders lead from their head and some from their heart. And yeah. I would say I'm more heart led and he would probably be more head led, but you know, there's times where we both yeah. have a, a blend. How do we navigate through that when you're raising kids? Because sometimes you can resent your partner because you think, I don't want them to go that way. They might be like listening to daddy more, not mummy, or, and that cause a lot of pressure. How do we navigate? Yeah, um, and the thing is consistency a lot of the time. It's again, even though you have completely different viewpoints as a couple, mm -hmm. agreeing what you want your kids to see because confusion can absolutely, you know, send them reeling and they, they can pick up on one person and decide to follow that path. Yeah. So although you have differences of opinion, uh -huh. agreeing what you want your children to hear and see is probably more important mm -hmm. because if mum and dad are at loggerheads with each other about this and that, then it can confuse them, especially mm -hmm. when they're young and not they don't know what way to go mm -hmm. and they'll pick up on you know if talk about the the fear of um spiders you know mm -hmm. if mum's screaming about spiders and dad's putting them outside mm -hmm. and they see that it's a fear it's spiders must be really bad mm -hmm. um, i'm not suggesting that kids pick up on everything their parents because they pick up on loads they watch the social media mm -hmm. tv school friends you know I, I worked with them um, a friend's wee boy and he was six and he was absolutely terrified of spiders and they don't know where it came from because they're not yeah but he would go running from a room screaming about spiders and he was too young to tell me where it came from he was just terrified the, the absolute fantastic thing is at five and six they don't have the emotional baggage that we have as adults so it's much easier to work with you know the the, the wee sponges will pick up so within like 40 minutes it's gone gone because they don't have the emotional overthinking that, that we do and although he didn't know where it came from it was easy to move on yeah but that that didn't come from mum and dad yeah and I'm it does take the pressure off because i think it's, if there's two parents raising the child or perhaps you know people could have conflict with two different grandparents or and whoever's involved it's like there's so many issues so money's the example i use but it could be attitude to fitness so one wants to do sport more and they want the kids to be sportier one's more relaxed it could be alcohol that one doesn't like to drink around the kids one does you know you could be here all day with a list of what yeah. would make us different and it's hard it can be really hard i know to navigate through that so i think that's a good point for people to try and find a compromise of what you want to what you want to portray what you want to portray about. life is life eh? and i'm not suggesting that you could be perfect all the time because it's good for them to see a balance as well it's okay to be you know one parent who likes to be fit and one parent who isn't as interested in um, gym stuff and all the rest of it that's fine mm -hmm. do you know more important than anything is um encouraging kids to believe they can do anything yeah because as adults we are terrible if we tell ourselves we can or we can't we are right Mm -hmm. I've had a lot of people, I've worked with different workshops, so weight management, people will come in and say, I've tried every diet in the book and nothing works for me. You're right. 
you know, if that's what you believe, you know, and I come from a big family that um, everybody's heavy. I'm, I'm never, go- I'm going to be like this as well. Yeah, you're right. If you tell yourself you can or you can't, then you are right. Yeah. You know, and if you truly believe that, so when kids come and say, "Mummy, I want to do this," rather than answer with, "Well, you know, that might be difficult and it's hard to get in here," so it's like. Right. Where are we going to do this? How are we going to do it? Right? Where do you want to train? Where do you want to learn? How can I help you? Uh-huh. Tell them they can do anything that they want to do. And it's knowing like what they want and not what we want. Yeah. It's like it's this, and you can tell it's from. We were speaking earlier about that spirit, that fire within you. Whatever name you like, I, I love the sort of spirit, like that little, yeah. that little, you know, on the gut feeling, the little intuition. Yeah, that kind of guiding. Um, and, and when you can tell it's real. Yeah. And it's not just, oh, it's pressure. Like, oh, my friend wants to be a hairdresser, so that's what I want to do. Or that YouTube channel said that. No, but when it's actually a real passion and yeah. you have that light bulb moment. Totally. It's like we, we talk in negatives. Um, if you listen to your inner voice and you listen to everything around about you, we talk all the time about what we don't want. Mm-hmm. I don't want this. I shouldn't do that. I can't do this. Oh, I'm not very sure about this. I'll try and do that. Maybe. Try and maybe. Maybe get ready to try and maybe you're either going to do it or you're not it's like when you say to a child don't fall off the bike what do they do you're better talking about what you want stay on the bike and have the time of your life i love that so <sighs> if you talk talk to yourself about what you do want when yeah. you find yourself going down that wee um, road of i don't really want to do this i don't know what okay what is it you want i used to say to myself i don't know what to worry so your unconscious doesn't process negatives it just hears i want to worry so it's, I'll give you that, no problem with that. Yeah. So rather than say, I don't know what I worry, I now say, I, I am happy. I am at peace. Mm-hmm. I choose to feel happy. I choose to be content because choosing is much more powerful than I want. Yeah. And talking the present like it's now, I am happy. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm Life content. I know that all is well. So it rather than well. I don't know what I worry, which is especially bad when the kids were going up and going, going out, worrying about them coming home, um, I spent hours worrying about them, as we all do. But talk to yourself about what you do want. If you don't want to worry, what do you want? Okay, I want to feel happy, so I am happy. Mm-hmm. I choose to be happy. I choose to believe that I can do anything I put my mind to, because mm-hmm. you can. Mm-hmm. We can't. We really can. We can, and that's if you talk to the children like that all the time. Talk about what they do want, what uh-huh. they can do, where they're going. You know, encourage them to talk about what they can do, um, and even say, "I can't do that." You, you know, yet. Yeah. You'll be able to do that then. Uh huh. You can do that. It's it's just positive. Yeah. Going forward. It's hard because we're so programmed and we take on so many stories. Totally. And it's like, I still find, it's like a battle, but I'm I'm growing and I'm open to it and I love it. I love all this stuff. But then some people come and go, oh, oh, no, no, I didn't mean to say it like that, you know. But that's okay. See, even being aware of it Mm -hmm. is fine. Mm -hmm. If you blindly go through and you never even think about it, you're actually taking notice. Because I've still got to stop myself. I preach about this stuff, but I still think... I'm talking about what I don't want. Okay, well, what do I want? Yeah. Because that's how society is. That's, you know, and nothing's perfect either. There is days everybody wallows in self-pity. Everybody has bad days. Mm -hmm. Everybody feels rubbish sometimes. And that's absolutely normal and it's fine. Mm -hmm. The key thing is 
do they stay there? Yeah. You know, know that, okay, yeah, I'll have a, I'm having a bad day today, I'm fed up about this at the next thing and I'm going to feel like that. Because I think all that stuff is better coming out anyway. Yeah. Rather than stifling it. If you sit in it and suppress it, it'll come back at you some other way. So yeah. let it out. Um, I had a, a few things happen last year where I just felt so sorry for myself and I wallowed in self-pity for two days. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was fine. And then I moved on. Then I thought, right, okay, how else can I look at this? Rather than... Why is this happening to me? Yeah. What have I to learn from this? Yeah. What, what is this teaching me? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Powerful. And it is much more powerful to think about that. But, like I said, it's fine to be... It's fine to feel pain. pain. Like, yeah. I've, I've had points... And when you're hurt and you're down, when we act and speak in anger, you know, that, that can be hard because it's hard to have empathy when you're hurting. So we can lash out and hurt people. And that it's trying to move away from that automatic yeah. response of anger. Because I, I put a post out last week, my mantra before I go on radio or podcast or anything is, you know, be myself, um, you know, be honest, have fun and don't be a dick. And then someone wrote, uh, <laughs> uh, Dr. Haydar, he's a burnout coach, he's fab. Uh, he said, but it's really hard, isn't it, to not be a dick? <laughs> Yes, it really, it really is. But that's why we need to look after the mojo. That's why we need to, you know, just be kind to ourselves and, yeah. and do the work because it is really, really hard to not react. Yeah, you know, oh, do, totally. Do you think um, so? Is mindfulness something that you've? Because I know you've you've read an awful lot and you've you, you know you've trained and you've. Is mindfulness something that's really important to you? And how do you live a more mindful life? Well, absolutely. And if you've ever um, read any Dr. David Hamilton's books, um, I absolutely think he speaks so much sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brilliant. He talks a lot about mindfulness and meditation because even if you meditate for 10, 15 minutes a day, which is nothing really in the grand scale of things, even if you meditate a couple of times a week for 10, 15 minutes, you're exercising this part of your brain, your frontal lobe. And the more you exercise it, it's like taking it to the gym. Mm -hmm. It gets better all the things that that part of your brain is good at, which is just clarity, Mm -hmm. avoiding knee-jet reactions, Mm -hmm. you know, calmness, Mm -hmm. just thoughtfulness. And it can help hugely with pausing, (laughs) you know, before we run in there and go for a rant, that pausing. Mm-hmm. I always say I put out quite a lot of posts on my um, Facebook page about practice the pause mm-hmm. because you know just a, f- a few moments of pause can save you hundreds of moments of regret because yes. you can't take anything back once it's said um, I'm not again suggesting nobody's perfect I go off on one everybody there are things that you just can't help reacting to yeah. but if you're aware of it mm-hmm. and you are actively trying to do something about it, mm-hmm. then you know you're halfway there. Yeah. So meditation, mindfulness, absolutely can help you just practice that pause. Mm-hmm. Bring some um, clarity to your thought. Prevents a lot of the the knee jerk reactions. Yeah. So I absolutely um, would advocate that. Even if you can do a wee bit of meditation, mm-hmm. you know, a couple of times a week, yeah. it's not going to do you anything but good. Yeah, because some people are still a bit scared of it, but because yeah. it, it can be hard to be like still with your thoughts if you're lost in your head. 
It can. Um, guided meditation is really good. And again, go back. Dr. David Hamilton's got a few um, free sessions that you can download off his um, website that are really, really good. Um, and actually, it's been scientifically proven that people who meditate regularly slow down the aging process. That's uh, well. There you go. That's reason. Alone. Anything that's going to slow down my aging process, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> I'll take it. Um, he. The, the beauty of a lot of what he talks about is he is a scientist. Mm-hmm. So he can provide you with a lot of scientific evidence of stuff that they've tested and proven yeah. over many years. Mm-hmm. And I love that aspect because a lot yeah. of people need that. Yeah, they do. I mean, I, I always think when you try and overthink too much with your head, it can make things seem more complicated, can it? But yeah. it is, as you say, it's nice to have that evidence there just to kind totally. of make it a bit more accessible because I'm probably a bit more like yeah yeah like quite open I've always been very open-minded yeah but I understand like my husband for example would be a bit more like right let's question this where's the facts where's the evidence so as you say and there's a lot more of that coming out now certainly um again David Hamilton books are are pretty amazing there's a book just come out called Heal which is a lot about the mind-body connection as well Mm -hmm. and there's so much real life examples of people who've overcome illness mm-hmm. um, just you know working the thought process and working in conjunction with the medical help that they, that they need for stuff but certainly meditation um, there is loads of free resources out there you can download some meditation apps off um, the app store and because I, I actually I would say 10-15 minutes I can't do a big long that's not for me yeah. and I, a lot of people can 30-40 minutes I, I can't bursts of like 10 minutes 15 minutes even 5 minutes is going to be beneficial I definitely. did a day retreat uh, this year for like 7 hours I didn't think I would but I built up to yeah. it on a course so I was just like by then like oh yeah life's great <laughs> peace out love and war no you know no war but yeah it can be it's got to be realistic yeah. hasn't it yeah, yeah, and it's got to be what works for you. Yeah, yeah. Everybody's different. So start small, and yeah. it will make them up. But I mean, that evidence is fascinating. Like you know, an aging process that saved me a fortune on facials and oh, whatever. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> so what? what I mean, <laughs> all in. What else helps then? Um, sort of mindfulness and uh, what? What have you found to be really useful? Um, I advocate and I ask all my. Uh, clients to write a wee gratitude journal I will give them a gratitude journal there's two um, real benefits to this and it's it can take five minutes of your time um, I'm not saying you should do it every single day I try and do mine every couple of days mm-hmm. so on one side of the book I will write between three and five things I'm grateful for mm-hmm. people would say that gratitude attracts mm-hmm. um, positivity um, and I think what have I got to lose yeah. You know, it's not going to do me any harm because actually everybody can get to the end of a day and think that's been a rotten day. Yeah. But if you actually think about three to three, you've always got something to be grateful for. Waking up in the morning is one. Mm-hmm. But it can be the simplest of things like a beautiful crisp morning, yeah. you know, to something big like um, my car broke down last year and I was absolutely livid waiting for somebody to come and save me. But long story short was it was a battery. But when they got the battery kicked back and it was a timing belt, so if I'd have carried on driving, that could have been my engine. Wow. So I was really grateful my car broke down because the timing belt was fixed. Uh, so, you know, three to five things you're grateful for. Okay. Which can just bring you back to the here and now uh-huh. of actually, you know what? It wasn't a touch a bad day. 
And on the other side, I write between three to five positive affirmations, which can get you into the habit of talking about what you do want. Mm. Okay, so for me, for example, it could be I have loads of new clients wanting to book appointments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've helped. Um, you know, I, I am helping uh, fifty people a month. Or mm-hmm. didn't be scared to put in there whatever. Yeah, positive affirmations. I even put in things like my, my children are thriving because. Mm. I know I didn't have complete control over that, but there's nothing wrong with putting it out there. For me, I am happy, I am content, I am at peace. So it's not difficult to find three to five positive affirmations about you. It starts to think, starts to get you in the habit Uh of talking about what you do want and getting into this can do rather than a can't. Because if you approach something like it's heavy, then it is. Yeah, yeah, and it's so hard because we're... (coughs) It's so easy to listen to people that tell you things are heavy as well, and then it sort of builds, isn't it? It's like, oh yeah, that's people like or society is so hard, or you know the amount of things I've heard over the years. Oh, don't go to acting school because it's so competitive. Oh, but uh, getting a book yeah. published, no, like no, that's too hard. Nobody, nobody responds. So you would never do anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's just important. And, and I, I probably repeated it like. Yeah just taking it on so is that my unconscious mind or my subconscious mind that's picked up these stories and repeated them it's invariably your conscious mind it's your wee ego that sits on your shoulder and says eh, no you can't do that or no you didn't look good in that mm-hmm. or maybe i can do that or what do you think or it takes on all these um you know <laughs> all these things and tells them as truth your unconscious mind is is there to protect you that's its sole purpose in life it never sleeps it's a wee gut reaction it's mm-hmm. the thing that keeps your heart pumping yeah. blood around your system it's the thing that keeps your, your eyes blinking and keeping your eyes moist and it when you break it fixes you it, you know it melds the skin back together again um, and your unconscious mind is a product of your experience as well so if you have um, whatever you've experienced growing up um, and how you have evolved as a person how you've processed your experiences your unconscious will act in accordance with what you um, what you have told it you wanted and mm-hmm. I, I told you a story earlier which was it's fascinating when I was training in hypnotherapy um, one of the guys I trained with was a fascinating character. He practiced Ericksonian hypnotherapy, mm-hmm. um, which is very unscript-based work. He, he was a fantastic hypnotherapist. So Brian, the guy I trained with, had this woman come to him. She was in her 40s, and she's had no sense of smell or intact since she was a child. She can't remember the last time she could smell anything. So she's been to all these different specialists who've checked it out and said, nothing's broken. Mm-hmm. it's in your mind it's like how can it be in my mind I can't yeah. smell yeah so under um, hypnotherapy we have a few sessions with her he um, let her unconscious take her voice and spoke to her and uh, what came out was as a child they had a big family no money so all the kids were in one room sleeping and mum and dad put a paraffin lamp in every night for heat and light and she hated the smell so much it made her sick it made her gag she eventually said like I never want to smell that ever again so her unconscious did exactly what she asked it but your unconscious mind is clever but not intelligent so it turned off the smell sense of smell without the awareness of what that meant for everything else because obviously no sense of smell you've then got no sense of taste yeah. there's all these things in the world that you know could be at risk with if you can't smell them um so here she is in her 40s 
And when he realised that was what it was, the unconscious isn't going to just turn it back on because it was acting in her best interest. Mm. So he had to persuade it that this was a good idea, like she's got children now. So if there was a fire, how would you smell the smoke? How would you save the children? Mm. And eventually it turned the sense of smell back on. It just brought her back into the room and she was running outside to smell the flowers because she'd never smelled them. That's mental, it's a isn't true it? true story. So we can... So if you say something... What makes your unconscious mind listen? Well, it depends how much you tell it the same things or how yeah. much you want something or how much... You know, it's the same as you're telling yourself you can or you can't. Uh-huh. So if you keep saying that to your, uncon- to your subconscious, to your unconscious. If you continually tell yourself you're ill... I've worked with a few people who are hypochondriacs by their own their words, not mine. You know, they wake up in the morning and the first thing they'll say is, where's my pain today? And your uncle says, oh, you want pain? I'll give you pain. Where do you want pain? <laughs> you know, so you go searching for it. So if you continually tell yourself that you're ill, mm-hmm. then you will be continually ill. Mm-hmm. You know, if you um, have worked with somebody who um, they were really ill on holiday mm-hmm. one year, and um, to the point where they came back, there was an ambulance waiting to take them to... to the, they, they had a, a bad episode. and But then they started to panic. So the next time they'd booked a holiday, what if I get ill? What if I get I'm going to get ill, I'm going to get ill. What happened? They got ill. So now, every time they went on holiday, they're, they're ill. Because they expect it. They're telling themselves, I'm going to get ill, I'm going to get ill. That's what happens to me when I go on holiday, I get ill. Mm-hmm. So it's taken a while to break that cycle because you get into that belief. You tell yourself that's what you want. So you're unconscious to be like, okay... I'll, I'll make you all then. It's no problem. <laughs> That's what you want. It's a bit worrying though, because can we put that to like bigger illnesses and things? Where do they come from? Well, how your mind can heal your body. I talked about um, the, the David Hamilton stuff. That's absolutely fascinating. There's loads of stuff in there about people. Well, the scientific evidence, the tests that they run, where people working to heal themselves, their recovery rate can be 30 to 40%. 40% better example um, he talks about a clinical test that was run with a group of people undergoing chemotherapy mm-hmm. um, and so every day they're all getting chemo mm-hmm. and half of them are also getting a guided meditation mm-hmm. so the guided meditation is about them destroying their cancer cells mm-hmm. so he says it's, it's their mental representation so one woman had um, said it was like we piranha fish going all around our system eating our cancer cells mm-hmm. somebody else had a Pac-Man with all the noises <laughs> up and down our tubes eating all the cancer cells. Somebody else had a, um, they thought of the cancer cells as, as thorn bushes, mm-hmm. going in with an axe and chopping them all down, putting them in black plastic bags and removing them from their body. So after three months, the people who were also getting the guided meditation, their recovery was 30 to 40% better. Their immune system was rebuilding as quick as chemo was destroying it. So that's the, that's the power of meditation? That's the power of the mind healing the body. Um, based on a lot of information in his books, and because I'm not, I don't have the scientific evidence. I am, but as I said to a lot of people, what have you got to lose? Yeah. If you were getting chemo, you know, what have you got to lose by also doing some meditation, 15, 20 minutes every day, if it's going to help you recover? Oh, yeah. He has loads of similar evidence relating to stroke patients, Parkinson's disease, um, loads of people who have um, healed. Wow by introducing as well as the medical it says it's not instead of yeah it's an addition to yeah any medical procedures that are happening but the people who are also practicing um their own meditation of healing their own body their recovery rates are between 30 to 50 percent better mm-hmm. than the people who are just getting the medical treatment 
So how powerful is the mind then? Very. Yeah. I totally believe that. And like I, I absolutely believe that to the point where I'm practicing myself and I talk to a lot of people about it. But the choice is yours. You know, I, I'm, I'm not saying for any at all that everybody needs to do this or everybody should do it because you have to believe you know it has to be right for you because what is the chat are you either like mind body or body you know there's like a couple of different i was at the at the tedx thing and someone was say oh i'm the other way around oh, right. so someone's more about the body versus the mind or i, was, I was like oh, sure. didn't, know, didn't know didn't know it was kind of like one category or the other but mind, body, spirit and stuff oh, like yeah. that. So you would say you're very, like, mind-body connection? Totally. I totally believe that. Um, I've worked with a lot of people where uh, your pain... Um, people hold on to pain because of different reasons. Um, emotional links. There is some fantastic books out there that talk about any ailment that you've got links it to emotion. Louise Hay um, had a book... Um, I can't remember what it's called now, but um, I can heal your body or I can heal your mind. And it links any medical condition to also um, emotional thought mm-hmm. as well. And her view is you work on both. Mm-hmm. You work on both. And I absolutely believe that to be true. So you mean physical? You physical and mental. In... Example, um, I worked with somebody who had bad back problems. Mm-hmm. And um, they definitely had problems with discs in their back. They were getting physio for it as well. But they, talking to them, they also had an awful lot going on at work where they, they felt they were carrying a lot of monkeys because they weren't happy mm-hmm. with some of the stuff that was going on. Um, and I was saying to them, well, you either need to change that or you need to accept that. Mm-hmm. Because... We could get the pain level really low. We could get the pain almost gone. And then they would go back to work and it would come back again even worse. Mm. Um, And physically, there was nothing changing. They were still getting physio. The physio, the back wasn't getting any worse. Uh But the pain levels had gone up and down based on how they felt about what was going on at work. Uh And when they left that job, they've not had any back pain since. Wow. None at all. I heard that with someone, um, but it was stomach pain. And uh, as soon as they left the job... Absolutely as well. Stress can cause a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Stress um, stress and negative feelings will cause your body much more harm than cake or chocolate or whatever will. Ah, it's funny <laughs> that, isn't it? It brings on an awful lot of that because um, you're releasing different stuff into your body. You're, and again, um, David Hamilton talked a lot about that as well, mm. about how stress can impact and harm your body. Yeah, that's so stress is, yeah. So don't beat yourself up if you're really craving a chocolate biscuit. No, just have it. <laughs> have it, but focus on, you know, looking after your, your mind and, and making yeah. yourself happier. How do you help yourself? Like you've spoken about your bubble, but what else in your gratitude journal? Yeah. Are there other things you like making space for yourself? Definitely. Um, I, I actually, when I first set up my business, um. I neglected myself because you're so focused on looking after yourself. Now, when I worked in corporate, I used to go regularly for like a, a neck and shoulder massage. Um, and then like six months into my own business, I was thinking, I was really feeling it and thinking, mm-hmm. what's wrong with me? I realised I stopped doing that because I was so focused on building my own business. Taking it off, it's like yeah. you're putting everything in it, full thrust. Totally. So it's very important that you have outlets. And I, I go regularly for um, massage. I do Reiki swaps with other people. And also it's a lot, it's really important to also look after the mental side because I obviously work with a lot of people and I'll take on stuff Mm -hmm. um, because you've got a desire to help. So you take on, 
you you can understand but it's really important not to take on all their pain and all you know all the negative feelings that they've got so there is um, some people call it supervision but I have various people that I go to to talk about and you know you really just it's like chewing the fat with them it's not about you don't talk about people you'll talk about things that have happened and really your sense checking that you're doing things right is there better ways you're swapping ideas <coughs> you're also having an out to talk about you know this happened and did I do it right was that the best thing yeah so you are you've got to take care of your own mind and your own body so important it's really important but it comes at the bottom of all our to-do lists mm -hmm. it's the thing especially this time of year it's so busy it's so hectic people neglect themselves big time so when it comes to january apart from the aftermath of you know the post christmas uh, slump though then they worry about all the money that's been spent and everything that's been done you've also not been looking after yourself mm. so you know your body's in just meltdown as well you mean from like the food and drinking and <coughs> the food the drink the stress the anxiety the running about the battering at the shops you know the yeah. you know try to get things done you know yourself going anywhere just now it's a nightmare everywhere's really really busy yeah. from restaurants to shops to public transport to the roads um, everything is just up yeah. You know, the ante's up to everything mm -hmm. so it's a completely different experience at this time of year it's hard so it takes its toll it can it can <coughs> and it's just sometimes saying no you know i will um sneak off and, and get that massage or or do and it was funny because i experienced reiki with you was that a couple of months ago time flies I yeah. know. um and you were saying i had like a nice was it positive? Or you spoke about colours. Like you said, like an orange was like turning yeah. out the chakras and stuff. So do you just pick things up on people? When I'm working with people with Reiki, I, I get colours. And I oh. go around them, yeah. And to me, the colour, well, colours mean different things to different people. But um, the colours are telling me things, I think, about people based on the chakras. Uh -huh. And anybody who does Reiki would understand the chakras. Um, well, a lot of people understand chakras. Mm -hmm. Um so if, for example, um, that I'm picking up green with you, mm -hmm. then I say a lot of the stuff that's going on with you just now is to do with the heart relationships, mm -hmm. be that, um, you know, family relationships or friends or work or colleagues or stuff, that what's going on in your life just now, because the colours that are coming to me, they're telling me about what's going on with you mm, just now. Interesting. So, and a lot of people, when I'm working with them, they'll get colours. Uh, did you pick any colours up this morning before we recorded? No, I didn't, because we were talking all the way through. Yeah, <laughs> interesting. No, I think it was orange last time. Um, what is that energy? On, uh, orange is your sacral energy, so it's about your um, your desires and your wants and your needs. And your... Ah, interesting. So our chakras, for people that don't really know, because I, I remember when I launched uh, a spa before, when I was sort of doing the corporate thing, all the chat was about uh, chakras and stuff. Mm. Is it an Indian... Yeah, it's your energy centres. Okay. So it's um, it's they're all connected. Mm -hmm. Your uh, and Reiki focuses in on them. So your your roots red, your sacral is orange, your solar plexus is yellow, mm -hmm. your heart green, your throat is blue, and your third eye is indigo, and your crown is violet. Wow. So each mean different things to different people as well, and mm -hmm. um. You know, people will take different things from them, but they are the energy centres in your body. Interesting. And for a lot of people, Reiki meditation focuses in on the 
So your your energy can be different because I've had people say to me in the past, "Oh, you're, I can't, can't get into your energy or whatever." Like, what is that about? Is it does our energy shift and change by what's going on? Oh, totally. Yeah, depend on your wellness, your healthness, your healthness, <laughs> how you're feeling yeah. about you. Um, it's what we touched on at the beginning when we we're saying like your energy introduces you before you do. Uh huh. So um, your energy field can be away out there or closer into you, uh-huh. depending on how you're feeling about you and how you're feeling in your fitness, mm-hmm. um, physically and mentally. Okay. So if it's further out, it's not as good. Your kidney, you're wanting a wee bit of space, probably. Right. You're maybe not feeling great about you. You're maybe not really feeling happy about a few things. There's stuff going on inside you that's, that maybe you don't even recognise or mm-hmm. causing you a bit of unhappiness or just you're out of kilter. Ah, so if you go to like maybe a crowded room and you're not feeling like, oh, I've got the chat or whatever. And then perhaps people will drink to give them confidence or escape that a little. totally changes your energy. Yeah. yeah. But then sometimes if you're not in the right headspace, the alcohol can impact your energy too. Totally. Because sometimes totally. you're like really happy and then others you're perhaps angry or reactive. Yeah. And that's quite interesting, isn't it? Totally. And a lot of it can... Well, everybody's affected differently. Some people do get really happy with alcohol. Some people get angry. A lot of people say it's a depressant, it's a natural depressant. Um, it can cause you to look at things a bit differently. It, it skews the brain that you're maybe not seeing things. Again, it's uh, we see things as we are, not as they are. Mm-hmm. So alcohol can change how you're seeing things. You know, again, so your perspective yeah. on it changes, which can cause all sorts of problems or all sorts of differences. Yeah. Um, it just depends. It's not always a bad thing and it's not, you know, I'm not suggesting people shouldn't drink or... Do you drink yourself? Or? I do, yeah. Yeah, so you, you like a drink. <laughs> I do, yes. <laughs> I, I, I love wine. Uh, I love a nice cocktail. Um, but, but yeah, it's, it, I, I think it's perhaps as well keeping a mood journal or, or saying, right, alcohol's not been great for me this week or no or uh, oh you're happy drunk you have fun whatever or yeah. you just like a few you know it's just knowing your body isn't it and, and totally. your mind and how they connect very much so. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really really interesting i mean i'm sure i i can think of loads of people that would want to come and see you i'd like to come and see you i'll tell you something what you were saying earlier about the blocking things out I have. I used to love sweets as a child. I talk about this in my next book. Loved sweets. Couldn't get enough of them, and now they make me feel really sick. Really? I don't remember what happened. Something's mm-hmm. happened. I don't remember when it is, but I've, I, I, I can eat chocolate, but actually those sweets. Yeah. Uh, oh, I, they make me feel ill. It's strange, and I do not know if something bad's happened and I blocked it out. Yeah. Or maybe I just ate too many sweets and. It, I don't know. Absolutely. It could be something, you know, you maybe choked on something and forgotten about it or mm-hmm. like you've ate that once that you felt sick. It doesn't even have to be anything at all. And sometimes it doesn't, it's not important to always know. Mm-hmm. It depends if you want to change it. I mean, would you want to change it? I'm quite happy not. <laughs> I, I mean, I, and I actually say this in the book, I, I'm saying like, I'm okay living a life without sweets. Yeah. But what, what are you not okay with? You know? Yeah. And then that, and it's addressing that. Yeah. But I'm a bit intrigued. I wonder, I wonder what happened. <laughs> Peeling that onion. So would mm-hmm. hypnotism perhaps take me back to that place? Or Hypnotism certainly could help, or eye movement therapy, and there's various NLP techniques as well. It's like peeling the onion. Once you, if you just start from a place of here, mm-hmm. um, because I've had a few people who have come with this problem, and when we've peeled it back, it's not been that at all. 
Mm-hmm. You know, um, people with fears and phobias about something. And actually, when you start to peel that back, it's not about that at all. It's about something that happened way back here. Um, and they've suppressed that. Mm-hmm. And because they've suppressed it, it's manifested as fears and phobias about something else. Ah, so that so that a conscious mind gives yeah. you that fear. Yeah. Your unconscious will protect you and your conscious mind, but it's coming out. It, it's like, you know, trying to bury it and it's coming out in other ways. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's not sitting it's not sitting right with you, it's not congruent with you. And some people go through their entire lives and they're they're okay with that. Mm-hmm. You know, like there might be things that they're not they're not a contented person mm-hmm. and they don't really know why. But they're fine with that. Right. That's, you know, um, years ago, we, we never, we didn't have labels for loads of stuff and we didn't really understand. People just got on with that. You know, yeah. they, they didn't, um, people didn't explore things and they didn't, you, you'd have a shy child, you'd have a bubbly child and it was like, they're shy, they're bubbly. That's it. That was it. Yeah, we didn't understand because it was much more simple then. But now um, we have names for a lot of stuff and that that can be a really good thing, and it can also be about because sometimes you give people a label, uh-huh. and they become that label, even though that might not necessarily be what it is. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Interesting. So we've got more complicated. We've got nausea, have we? Because I'm quite curious um, about all this stuff. But yeah, definitely, we've got we've got more intelligent mm-hmm. with uh, loads of stuff. Um, we've definitely got nausea. Um, but sometimes you can be a victim of your own success, you know, and um, it's it's like. I say earlier on, sometimes people can go to the doctor and the doctor will say you're depressed. Mm-hmm. So you then become a depressive. You know, yeah. you, you tell people, you think I'm a depre- I'm depressed. And I'm not saying that people aren't, but sometimes it's easy just to become cling that. Cling on to that label. Cling on to that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if you don't, you don't understand or you don't know. When it, it's maybe not that. It's maybe just this wee part of life is, is um, you're struggling with that. And if you move that on then depression lifts or your low feeling lifts and it's not that you're a depressive because a depressive can be a long term yeah it can continue and you can build and build mm-hmm. um so I, I just think sometimes it's easy to label somebody something mm-hmm. when it's not necessarily what mm, what they are so back in the day when it was more simple would they not like just say there was someone showing really signs of being anxious about something what would they say they're scared of something yeah or yeah um, they're i don't know but now it's like you have anxiety and then you're like i'm anxious i'm the anxious one i'm anxious because when i was growing up i did show signs of like getting quite nervous if too much attention yeah. was on me or i would shake a little bit quite ironic now um, <laughs> but you know and i didn't really label it because i didn't really know what it was but yeah. then as i got older i was like oh that's anxiety right that's fine but then there's a lot of people that'll be posts on social media. Well, when you've got anxiety, you will know. And people really, really, really sort of say, "No, you'll really, really know. It will. You can't get out of bed. It will, you know, cripple you and stuff." So it's almost well, don't say you're. You don't yeah. know what real anxiety is. I mean, what's that about? Everybody's got a different view, and there's so much more information available now, um, on you know, on social media, and we can research stuff. Uh, it's like people who feel a pain you know I've got a sore leg and they go and research it and then they can come up with all these kind of different diseases that they might have there's so much information available at Mm -hmm. your fingertips now it's easier to have opinions on everything Mm -hmm. Um, and it's everywhere you look and it's it's part of I read an article um, 
the other day that was on Facebook and it was fascinating. It was about why we, uh, you know, why there's so much more. The stats were amazing. It was to do with how much more anxious kids we have, how young they are, the depression, the suicide rates and all the rest of it. They're absolutely shockingly, you know, scary, the increase in the past X years. Is it really increased though? How do we know that? I'm only going on what they were saying. I, I don't know. Uh, because it's like everything if it's not reported or and years ago we didn't diagnose it as such yeah. but certainly there seems to be much more data available on children in schools and the amount of you know, kids that are referred to different associations for, for anxiety and depression um, there's much more knowledge about the suicide rates and certainly I did a mental health course um, and they are very specific about the increase in suicide rates mm-hmm. um, especially across different um you know, just different genres, different ages, and and the men and women and, and children stuff. Um, but the the article, and I'll look it out and I'll, I'll send it to you. It was about just how now, um, you know, we didn't. It's, it's suggesting as to what we should do to try and help stuff, and it's more about human contact rather than all the digital mm-hmm. connection connection that we live in and the. The pandering that we do to a lot of stuff now, you know, we we don't, um, there isn't the same rules and regulations that people, uh, there's loads of people, there's an expectation. I'll, I'll look it out and I'll send it to you because it was quite fascinating mm. about um, just how we're creating, <coughs> we're creating a lot of this ourselves. Not us, the, the entire <coughs> world in general. Because we're being too soft. Yeah. That's one of the things, but it's just, it's e- evolution. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll need to look it out because I couldn't quote it accurately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, but that it does make sense. Yeah, <coughs> and I always say, you know, the keep can and carry on culture wasn't great, um, but there's a balance, isn't there? Yeah, there's and it's balance. almost like we went from that extreme to the other. So if we can bring it back to here somewhere, then it might be <coughs> more effective. Edie resilience. Like we were walking along a windy beach, and. Um, my little boy wanted to go back and I said, okay, we'll take you back. And I was going, no, we will keep walking. You know, it's fine. You know, but it's that, well, you're teaching them, you know, so, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> itchy throat. It's all about compromise. Um, fascinating stuff. I could talk to you about this all day, <coughs> but my mouth's starting up. <laughs> if you're talking too much, children will be quiet. Um, no, that's it's it's fascinating. Please send the article. We can do a little blog about it. I will. So, what would you say, just to sort of end up, to someone that's maybe not quite at the well-being level they want to be? Um, do something about it. There's loads of options and there's loads of choices. Um, you can give as much detail or a little detail as you want. Mm-hmm. I promise, there's nothing to be scared of. And the most important thing. Um, the truth is, it can be changed. Mm-hmm. You can change this. Yeah. Uh, I can't fix anybody. I'm just showing people where to find it because it's all inside. Mm-hmm. It's just sometimes we forget how to access it mm-hmm. or it's been blocked for a long time. So I can absolutely do things with people that helps them free that up and release stuff mm-hmm. and change how they look at stuff. But more importantly is I'll give them a lot of stuff away with them so that they have their own resilience, mm-hmm. um, that they know that no matter what happens going forward, they have all they need to help them get through it. So please, um, you know, don't 
think that nothing can change because loads can change. I've got loads of evidence of it. The testimonies on my website are real. They're from real people. Mm -hmm. um, and it just gives you a real flavour of what's possible. Mm -hmm. If not me, go to somebody else. There is loads of different therapies out there, but NLP, eye movement therapy, they can be really, really effective, really mm -hmm. fast. And it's um, we, why shouldn't we want to be the best version of ourselves? Absolutely. It's just people do things when they're ready. Mm -hmm. And um, they, they need to have a, a sense of safety and, and, and trust in there as well. Mm -hmm. So um, it's just to know that there are options. It doesn't have to continue. Yeah. There are options. You don't have to live <coughs> People adapt, <coughs> they learn to live with fears and phobias. You know, I, I, a woman came at me with, um, she's been scared of wasps her entire life. And she's retired now, but she's just developed coping mechanisms. But now that she's retired, she's taken her friend's daughter's baby out walking two couple of days a week in the pram. She's, <coughs> if a wasp comes, I will leave that baby and I will leave that pram and I will run. So now she's at a stage in her life where she's got to fix it. So mm. one session fixed. Wow. But people just learn coping mechanisms. So they fix things when they're ready. But for anybody who is worried or scared, <coughs> even just have a wee chat about it. I'd happily chat people through what's possible. Um, you don't actually have to do anything. But even if you just explore the opportunities and be assured that it can be changed, you can fix this. Whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, got a big fit. <clears throat> you can do it just do it so empowering well it's been amazing i always ask people their favorite song at the end or a couple of songs and oh why God. um i love anything bed sheeran oh me too just because i love where he's come from and what he's achieved and his determination and all the things he's overcome um i just think he's an amazing character so i love so many songs he's so good i love him too Mesa, do you want to sing for us? No, thank you. <laughs> I don't have a voice, but um, you've been amazing, Shirley. Thank you thank so, you so much. much. And um, I'll post the blog as well. Right, star. And it's a no-brainer. I'm going for our beautiful people. The lyrics in this. We are, we are, we are. Oh, yeah. I'll listen to that beat. It's so sexy. Do, 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 do. Saturday night in the summer, sundown and the oak come out, and beginnings in the red and hummers. The body's on, so they're heading downtown. Everybody's looking for a come up, and they want to know what you're about. Me in the middle with the one loving, we're just trying to figure everything out. We don't fit in well, we are just ourselves. I could use some help getting out of this conversation, yeah. You look stunning, dear, thanks. What am I question here? This is my only fear that we become beautiful people. Drop down, design our clothes from Roy fashion shows. What you do and who'd you know? Oh, inside the world of beautiful people. Champagne and rolled up nose. Bringed up some broken holes. Surrounded but still alone. Let's leave this party. It's not who we are, baby. We are, we are, we are. We are not beautiful. Cause that's not who we are. We are, we are, we are. We are not beautiful. 
song really goes for me. Arise like that, we made it nowhere. Don't know, it's really hard to say. I see stars in your eyes when we're halfway there. I'm not phased by all the lights and I don't know how to sing this part, but I freaking love the chorus, so we'll just hang fire. Cause my arms around you, there's no need to care. Yep, feeling those words. We're not fitting well, cause we are just ourselves. I could use some help. Getting out of this conversation, yeah, I hate that feeling. You look stunning, dear. So don't ask that question here. This is my only fear that we become. Beautiful people, drop down designer clothes, front row at fashion shows. What you do and who you know. Oh yeah, inside the world of beautiful people. But listen, it's not who we are. We are not beautiful, but we are. We are beautiful, but we don't have to try and be beautiful. You feeling me? You on the same wavelength? I love it. I love that song so much. And let's just focus on the conversations that we're drawn to and the people that we want to spend hours talking to let's focus on that over the people that we really are looking over the shoulder thinking the surface level stuff is boring let's focus on the deep chats like the one i had with shirley today and what a queen please give her loads of five stars she's amazing tap five star go on i won't have to see who it is shirley you can even do it too tap five star come on let's spread the mojo injection shirley you're amazing i love you Hello and welcome back. I'm Georgia Fraser. It's time to hook up your mojo. I'm loving having you back and oh, it just feels so nice to be here in our little cave. A cave where we can show up fully, connect, encourage each other, um, share deeply and I mean really share. And this week, boy, oh, I have got my podcast supporters on. The lovely Katie, who's the founder of Cam on Cannon Street, which is the most soothing place to go and do yoga, to do healing sessions, to connect with like-minded people. You actually get a little head massage when you're doing yoga. I'm dying to get there. I'm so going to be going this week because it's been so busy. Um, and I think when I get really busy, sometimes even going out the house to do a yoga class can feel a bit much. Um, that's when I know that I need to chill out, delegate some stuff. Control can be hard when you love your job, but for me, it was a real wake-up call. I need to pay, I need people helping with social postings, I need people going back, and I need to focus on the things that I'm passionate about. Radio, podcasting, broadcasting, creating, um, and, and do my speaking work. That's where I thrive, the visionary stuff with well-being. That's where I really thrive. And I am an empath and I get loads of messages and I want to get back to everyone and help, but also I need to protect myself so that I can come up with the goods. So that's what I'm here for, to come up with the goods. So Katie is phenomenal and oh, you're just going to love this chat so, so, so much. It's amazing. Cowan County Street is the most beautiful place on the West End of Edinburgh. I would suggest you check it out. You're going to want to even more after this. So guys, just jump in, be here, be all in. I'm also going to be working on some music behind the scenes because for copyright issues, I'm going to have to start writing our own songs. So just as well, I'm in a band. We're called Dog Star and we're creating some amazing music. So look out for that on my show here and also at Wellbeing Radio, my new favourite place to hang in broadcasting, where you'll catch me Mojo in the morning at 7.30. On a Wednesday, you'll catch me leading meditation at 7am. Uh, and then we'll go straight into my mojo mashup. Um, and there's a few other bits and pieces coming, so I will keep you boasted. Oh yeah, Mwah. all the love. Let's do this, let's do it.
why I want to do a massive shout out to our sponsor, Cam on Canning Street in the West End of Edinburgh. I have fallen in love with this stunning award-winning studio that is full of great energy, camp, <laughs> um, peace, joy, love. I am just so happy whenever I go in there for a yoga class or a community session. Um, when I went last week, we did some creative writing after yoga um, and I read it out on my stories at Jojo Fraser Mojo on Instagram and Facebook because ah, oh, the yoga just brought out something in me, all the good stuff, the inner child and um, it was magic. I am just so thankful to be teaming up with such incredible people and I appreciate the support on this podcast so much. We're going to be doing an offer where if you quote Jojo Mojo, you can get a yoga class at Cam on Canning Street for £5 trial. I would love to hear your feedback. It's a really, really special place and it's really helped me with my breathing with my fitness and doing training on the side and then my yoga has really just added something. I feel like the movement in the space of a few weeks has improved dramatically Um, and my flexibility. Yoga is so, so good for exercise, for our mental fitness and it's also great for emotional health but on side of a training program, if you're trying to get stronger and leaner, yoga is fantastic. I couldn't recommend it enough. So a huge shout out to the guys at CAM. And now we're going to jump in, guys. Thanks for being here. Guys, hello and welcome back. I'm Jojo Fraser. It's time for a Mojo Injection, episode 86. Guys, how are you? I took a break last week because I was doing several talks at the Edinburgh Wellbeing Festival, which was epic. I had time with the Puckers, Mother and Papa Pucker, who are amazing. I had time with, I met Dr. Ranjan Chatterjee. Um, I had time with the two chubby cubs. They're awesome. The Wild Swimming Stories. Um, Danny from Chachi Power, who's been on here. Um, I did my own chat. Um... I met Basement Jacks. I had time with Daniel Yoon Henderson and made an amazing podcast with him and show for my radio station on Wellbeing Radio. And I'm just generally buzzing. But I'm sorry I didn't put one live last week because I know some of you rely on it for your mojo in the morning on Monday. But you know you could have gone to Wellbeing Radio for that too. Um, But this mojo injection isn't going anywhere because this is my passion. My passion is to hook up your mojo, to use my mistakes and my hard times to help you. And to dip in and out of that. And if I get stressed or burnt out, I'll take myself away and chill out. And I did that for a few days and it's been amazing. I've had so much support and I think that's taught me that when friends and family ask to help, you take it. It's because sometimes the word selfish is essential. This week I've been a little bit selfish and I'm proud to say I'm glad I was selfish because I needed to be selfish. So... My guest this week is called Steph Price and she is one of the most regular, amazing, loyal listeners and she supported me so, so much and I wanted to invite her on because Steph has battled with anxiety for as long as she can remember. She shares her earliest memories of this and how she learned to manage this over the years 
Steph has a passion for leadership, people development and self-development and her own self-development journey through becoming a life and mindset coach and an NLP practitioner improved her life and people around her. And I love hearing her talk about divorce and separation and how that actually became a very positive thing because other families, you know, you, you kind of get something out of that because, you know, maybe someone gets a, a sister, another sister or brother or you know, a stepdad or stepmom who can really bring, you know, we all have something amazing to bring when we look after our mojo. So I'm so delighted to have a regular listener, Steph Price, on as a guest. She actually came here on her birthday and didn't tell me the cheeky thing. She said it was present enough spending time with me. Holy moly. I wish I'd had a bouquet of flowers, but I'm sure I'll see her again. Um, So you're going to love this conversation. It's really enriching. It's honest. It's real. It's raw. It's freaking fabulous. Steph, thank you for being you. Thank you for being amazing. I think you're wonderful. Thank you for being a fan of my work and supporting me. Let's jump in. But first, I want to do a massive shout out to our supporters and sponsors. 